what's going on, everybody? How's it hanging? How's it happening? Because you guys know this is Kevin from the Code Progression Podcast. Brought to episode to the Rocks, Rock, Metal, Thrive. Hey, guys. We're rolling right through September, and I've been delivering some of the most insightful, craziest, insane episodes I think I've ever done this month. And this band just keeps that rolling. My God. So before we get started, I want to thank our sponsor, Phoenix Fitness. Yes, live shows, concerts. I'm going to them every step of the way. You got the Rise Against t-shirt on because, well, at this point, I've seen him like, what, three times, been in three freaking mosh pits for him, and have just not, not, not stopped. My body is not shut down because I prepared for this. Like, I was in the gym, I was lifting, I was doing cardio because I did not want to tap out or give out at any point during any of these shows because, well, live music is back. I wanted to be back, so I want to make sure my fitness was right, but I had to recover right. I had to make sure I was building muscle the correct way, having different you know, proper diets, proper supplements. That's where Phoenix Fitness comes in with those supplements because they have different supplements to help you achieve your fitness goals and recover right. Different pre-workouts, both stim and stim-free, BCAA recovery compounds, uh, different af- proteins, you know, after workout, AM, PM, creatine, multivitamins, whatever you might need to achieve your fitness goals, Phoenix Fitness has for you. Our listeners at the Corporate Crush Podcast get 15% off, 1-5% off. Use the code MSOTD at checkout at fnxfit.com. Link description below. Remember, 15% off. Use the code MSOTD at checkout. Thank you, Phoenix Fitness. Now into our feature presentation. And this band is our enemy. Well, not literally. Their name is Enemy. E-N-M-Y. And I want to thank Cody, Sound Like Wolves, difference between Theory Records, for bringing us together because... In this episode, we go through what it's like, you know, being back up, you know, back to being back out on stage, live music back, but we go deep in their song, Damn. And when we go so deep into this song, you're going to find out how well crafted this thing is when it comes to depression and detailing every aspect of it to when you think that you're going to might succumb to it and it's not worth fighting for. It goes to that moment and it really impacts on it perfectly. And then we go insightfully onto how vocals, the tones, the different stresses on those, the different ways the instrumentals are created and how this band writes and how they take influence from even like more instrumental stuff as well to really bring forward this sound that is absolutely incredible, absolutely powerful and something you're going to want to listen to. So are you guys ready? This is a good one. Let's go. Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of the Chord Progression Podcast, you guys know we have this good relationship with Theoria Records with Cody and from uh, Difference Between Ascent Like Wolves, and he keeps sending me all these incredible bands to bring out of the podcast and talk to him, and he's hit on every single one of them, and at this point, he just keeps hitting, so we're going to talk to another band under Theoria Records. He kind of classed them as more like a new metalcore kind of style. I listened to their latest song, Damn, which recently came out on August 27th, and my God, if you guys have not listened to that track yet, well, after this podcast, you're going to want to. So please welcome Brady and Mike from the band Enemy. So guys, welcome to Core Progression Podcast. Thanks, man. Hey. Appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Thanks for being on, guys. How's everything going? I believe uh, when, I saw the, when I saw the location on you guys, I, th- I think it said Cincinnati, Ohio. So if that's the case, how's everything going in Cincinnati today? Hot as hell. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. I'll say is the humidity still getting to you guys? Yeah, it's pretty brutal. Um, we're getting a little bit of the, uh, the hurricane that's coming up. So that's starting to hit like Tennessee and Kentucky. So I think right, the next like what four or five days straight rain. So we're really looking forward to that. 
Ooh, that does not sound like fun. But then again, you're not going to get it as hard as I know a bunch of bands that I've interviewed that are uh, that live in Louisiana have gotten it. I'm just hoping that you know by the time that when this podcast comes out that they've been able to return back to normal life, that everything is squared away with them and they did not suffer any serious losses. Seriously, yeah. Um, kind of been following that stuff going on, and it's it's heartbreaking to watch. It is. It has a little bit like a reminiscence of what happened in 2005 with Katrina, just with the fact that it's New Orleans again and people had to evacuate. And no one. And at this point, when we're shooting this podcast is right now, just right after the hurricane hit. So no one's really sure exactly what the extent of those losses are, how bad it is. And we're just hoping for the best for those people, because for a lot of the people, I mean, for anyone out there, we're just hoping for the best. But we know a good number of people that are in bands that live in that area, and we're hoping for the best for them as well. Just so that when it comes to life, we hope this just ends up being a minor inconvenience instead of a major setback. For sure. For sure. Good. I think it's and a, I hope that there's a hope that they get a lot of support. Um, I know that when I was in high school, we collected a bunch of stuff for Katrina. Um, so like all that stuff helps out a lot. Um, so yeah, if you're listening, never too late to to donate. I'm sure they're going to need it. No, and if we learn anything from Katrina as well, it's it's going to be something that, especially donating, is going to be useful for quite some time to help out those people. So if you have a chance to do it, do it, especially with, you know, we're going to be in September, school's going to be starting back up again for everybody. It can be a collective effort for everyone to, in the schools to come together once again, not only at, with this instance, but also as that first come together moment in person since the pandemic because of course that's that like last like couple months of 2020 school year they missed out on but then the 2020 2021 school year a lot of people missed out on that completely due to the fact that schools were still shut down and everyone was virtual yeah it's like a weird thing where you know tragedy can bring people together but it's a good thing i guess in that sense where people can come together and really help out everybody else so we're just hoping for that sure. It, we we kind of uh, have had this conversation with a few people. Um, so during the pandemic, um, prior to the pandemic, uh, in February of 2020, we had played our last live show. And during that show and kind of, you know, just slightly after that, we were talking about how we wanted to kind of take our music in a different direction. Um, so not a lot of people are really aware that we had music out prior to what is currently on Spotify or Apple Music. Um so as to where the pandemic was really, uh, I mean, it was horrible all around for everybody, but only in the sense for our, like what we were trying to do musically, it allowed us to, because we weren't playing shows because everything was closed down. It allowed us to kind of take time, uh, isolate ourselves. We did a lot of uh, remote writing, just balancing stuff back and forth to each other. Um, so honestly, um, under different circumstances, it would have been a good thing for us, but um, I don't know. It was kind of weird how everything played out, but um, yeah, I think, I think anybody that listens to our music kind of hears the, the, uh, the somber and like the, um, the aggressive and like tension on, you know, vibe of the music. And I think that's all stemmed from what's going on around us in the real world. So sure. uh, hopefully, hopefully people can kind of, uh, kind of connect to that and um, hopefully it helps them. I honestly think in the end, people will, because when I've heard this quote about music a long time ago, where it's art, rep, art decorates space, but music decorates time. And when it comes to music, especially the music you guys are making right now, where it does have a little more of that angst, a little more of that like anxiousness behind it as well. 
it perfectly encapsulates what a lot of people had felt during this pandemic and are potentially still feeling during this pandemic as well, especially as the Delta variant is still a major player right now. So it just adds to this point in time where you are creating an emotional record of what is going on right now. And you're bringing out your opinions with it and your mindset and your emotions with it through your music because you're the guys that are creating it. And when people look back at this, you know, right, even right now with the music that you guys had written together and have released since the pandemic started, but go forward a couple of years, people can be able to look back at this and really accurately get the emotions that you guys were trying to portray that you felt during the pandemic. And people are going to be able to relate to that because a lot of us have felt the same way at some point in time during the past 18 months. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I I actually like that quote a lot, by the way. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Pretty cool. (laughs) I can't remember where I saw it, but again, I'll put it this way. It's not mine, but if you guys want to, you know, take it and do with it what you will and set, spread it spread it around, you know, go for it because that's what I'm doing. I love that quote, so I'm like, I'm going to keep using it, but I can't remember who said it first, so I can't give proper credit for it, but all I know is I'm not the one that said it first. That works. I mean, it, it was probably, probably Abraham Lincoln in a meme. <laughs> DJ Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> yeah, there it is. <laughs> yeah, so... It's been fun. Um, we've uh, we've got our first uh, our first show coming up post pandemic um, here in a couple of weeks, so we're uh, we're really excited, really uh, pumped about that. It's going to feel absolutely incredible to get back on uh, stage and have that music cranking through live speakers again. So, pretty excited. Well, especially if you haven't played live since before the pandemic, and every time I see a band right now, it seems like sometimes it's like the first show that they've played since the pandemic started. Or for a lot of people in the crowd, it is their first show since the pandemic. So you're still, you're still feeling this renewed sense of life in people. I mean, every concert I've been to so far, whether it was I went to go see Skillet and once I went to go see Sleepwaker and Victims, went to go see Rise Against, and it was just the same way every step of the way where people are just excited to be back, happy to be back. And for you guys being up on stage, you know, especially as musicians yourself, it's going to feel this like total euphoria being back up there. Maybe a little nervous at first, but after that first couple of seconds, after maybe the first song, it's going to feel like you're back at home once again, being back up on stage. Yeah, we had the opportunity. Yeah. There's a there's a new venue um, here near where Brady and I live, actually, um, that just opened up. And one of, one of our buddies, um, he's kind of helping us set up a lot of our audio gear, like on stage gear and stuff. And he kind of hit us up while we were in the studio a couple weeks ago and asked if we wanted to come in and do a dry rehearsal at this new venue, which uh, turned out to be pretty awesome. So it gave us an opportunity to get outside of our practice space, um, put ourselves in a, in a live, uh, give ourselves that live feel. And I think it was pretty helpful. Yeah, for but, sure. Yeah. And uh, it got them ready for uh, Kesha, was it? Yeah, Kesha and Lady A, which of course are strikingly close to our music. So, yeah. Oh, I mean, they're like identical parallels that I see between both of your music. It's it's incredible. Yeah. 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 We're going to try to try to hit Kesha up, maybe see if she wants to get on a song. <laughs> hey, you never know. All you have to do is ask. Sometimes that absolutely works. You just got to ask. And sometimes, hey, they'll show up. Hey, I'd be down for it. <laughs> I mean, you never know what you guys could end up coming up with with a Kesha feature on your music. It could be something that's absolutely wild. However, the fact that you guys are going to be playing at this brand new venue and as the first show since the pandemic, are you guys nervous at all? Or are you guys feeling really prepared to go about this, especially that the, of the growth that you guys have seen, especially over the past year and a half, pretty much right as the pandemic began? Because 
I mean, you guys pretty much grown exponentially <laughs> since then from really because I think what I saw was coming up on Spotify really right when the pandemic started, especially with some of the newer stuff. And then all of a sudden right now you're right around 70,000 monthly subscribers. And especially with the release of damn, I won't be surprised if all of a sudden a hundred thousand subscribers or a hundred thousand monthly listeners happen by the end of September. I appreciate it. Um, no, it's, I don't think, uh, I don't think any of us are nervous. I, I think all of us really enjoy our time uh, playing live. The, the only uh, disadvantage that we're at right now, um, a lot of these bands coming back into the the live music scene are playing songs from before the pandemic as to where every single song we're playing <laughs> is new. Um, we have yeah. a couple of songs that we uh, kind of had redone, remixed, however you want to call it, put our new style and spin on it uh that we will be playing but they're still pretty different from how they were but uh i'm, I'm excited i'll uh, i'll let brady give his thought on it too yeah i mean I'm, I'm definitely excited about playing new stuff um there's a little bit of uh anxiousness to get up on on stage and uh see if i mean obviously people are reacting to it so hopefully we can see that same kind of reaction when we uh when we play it live and there'll be some people in the front row head banging and i'm just it's just going to be really weird to see a big group of people um in a venue um after it being so long without seeing that so yeah mm -hmm. but i'm definitely looking forward to it um and talking to everybody afterwards that's like one of my favorite things is i mean it's kind of cool like back in the day like playing those those like hole in the wall bars um like you show up and you get this like huge rush of adrenaline and you're up on stage playing music and then like you're hanging out with friends the rest of the night like and there's probably a band playing after you or whatever and uh you're just like hanging out at the bar drinking hanging out and uh yeah and then the the uh, owner comes up he's like hey can we settle up and you're like oh yeah i'm getting paid like <laughs> granted it's not that not that much but like it was it was cool at the time but yeah i think that's that's probably one of my favorite things it's like having people come up to the to the merch booth and talk to us and they're like oh yeah let's take a shirt but then like some other like conversation spawns from it and uh i think those interactions are the best so yeah i'm looking forward to all of it so we played a we played a show up in uh, cleveland uh i think in january we did a little weekend run with a band called Nine Shrines, and we played a show up in Cleveland that weekend. And we met a lot of new people at that show, and a lot of them we still interact with um, on social media. So it's it's been cool to to kind of get those friendships um, from our time playing live. You know, a lot of them would come up and just, you know, hey, never heard of you guys, but I enjoyed it. So, hi. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, that's the great thing about live shows, especially with those venues that aren't necessarily like those massive venues where bands are like, okay, the only time you get a chance to meet the band is, is like having to go through VIP or something like that. No, I love going to those smaller shows, especially with bands I've had in the podcast, because then I get to actually interact with you guys face to face, talk to you guys, not over a camera, not over the internet. I actually get to see you guys and support you guys in any way that I can. And I, I absolutely love doing that because I love seeing all the people that, you know, I get to talk to, but also how much other people get impacted by these uh, all these musicians that are up there. Recently, I was at a show. This was in Racine, Wisconsin. It was the bands were Red Star, Awake at Last, and then Ra was the headliner. And there was a kid in the crowd. It's a Wednesday night. It's And the show's going to like 11 p.m. 
only kid that's in there is a 10-year-old kid. And I saw him at a different show a week before. I'm like, this kid is just going out there rocking out with his parents. This dude is like, this dude's living the life right now. And I've had Sahaj from around the podcast twice. After the show, I, I was talking to the guys from Red Star as well. But went up to, you know, say hi to Sahaj, shake his hand. And after about a minute or two, all of a sudden I see the kid. And he just wants to get a picture with them. And he's super excited. And I'm looking at him like, you know what? Let me step out of the way right here because this kid is going to remember this moment for a long time. Plus, he's going to go bragging to his friends that he got to take pictures with all these rock stars last night and he's got to go to school the next day. He's going to be the coolest kid in town. I'm like, let's make that moment happen. And it's just yeah. seen how yeah. incredible that all these musicians, you know, it seems at times you guys could be larger than life at some point, especially taking a look at the bands that, you know, you've probably been influenced by the bands that I absolutely love as well. They're, they seem larger than life. They're going all over the world. But at times, they're just people as well, and it's so cool to see that and actually interact with you guys and have a normal conversation while drinking a beer or taking a shot or whatever we're doing at that point. Just start all of a sudden, next thing you know, we're talking about, uh, I don't know, we're talking about baseball or we're talking about, you know, what the weather's like. I don't freaking know, but a, a random conversation spawns, and all of a sudden, you guys are having the time of your lives. It's a, it's one of the coolest things ever. So yeah. a funny story about that. Um, uh, This was, again, about a year and a half ago. Brady and I went to a show. Um we were meeting up with somebody for music, like business reasons on the music side. And, um, we, it was a hell yes show. Uh, they came to Bogarts in Cincinnati and, uh, same thing. So like Brady and I were kind of hanging back by the, the mixing booth. Cause the guy we were there to see was in there talking to the, to the staff or whatever. And, um, we, we kind of look out and you see this kid that's out there with his, his dad and his mom and his sister. And you're like, see, like, that's incredible to me is that you have an entire family, and you could tell like these people, they might've known a couple of hell yeah songs and stuff, but like, they were just rocking out to, to like every band that was up there. And they, they're just, they just genuinely like, um, the atmosphere. Like that's what they're there for really is that atmosphere. And, um, you know, some people like, um, uh, amusement parks, some people like, uh, video games. Mm -hmm. And then, but I think that, uh, there are enthusiasts out there that are just rock music enthusiasts, which is, it's awesome to see. I could definitely say I fit in that category because every time I see a show come up, it's <laughs> my question is, am I able to actually go see this one? Like, will my schedule actually let this happen? Do I have a podcast I have to shoot that day? Do I have this going on? Usually if I don't, I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to the show. Hell, I had two bachelor parties I've had to go to. They're all weekend things. And they tell me after I bought tickets for concerts that week, so I'm like, yeah, I'll show up, but I'm still going to that show. So, uh, yeah. I'll see you guys there, but then I'm out. I'm like, I'm out when I have to go see a show because that's what I love to do. And that's where I feel the most at home is in those live scenes. And for you guys being up on stage, I'm pretty sure it's the exact same way. And then as fans being in the, at those shows, again, watching all the bands that you guys love to see, it's probably the same way as well. You just feel like you're at home in those venues at that moment. So you mentioned bachelor parties. It's a really funny story. I was just in Vegas for my brother's bachelor party. He's actually getting married this weekend. So oh, we're, we're, out, we're out in Vegas uh, in June. And, um, the second night we were there, we go to uh, Fremont street and we're walking down and I've had a couple drinks that night and I look up and I see, uh, Chevelle on the, uh, on the poster there. And Chevelle is one of my favorite bands. I've seen them probably five or six times. And, um, I look at the date and I'm like, Oh shit, that's tomorrow. <laughs> so I, we got back and I told my brother and them, I was like, Hey, I love you guys, but Chevelle's playing at four street or uh, Fremont street tomorrow. So I got to go hang out and see this. And so like, a couple of us went there. A couple of us went to, you know, out to New Vegas. But um, oh, it was a blast! It was one of the best shows of Chevelle's I've seen. Had a blast. Oh man, that's fantastic! I was supposed to do the same thing with originally one of my buddies who was going to have his bachelor party out in Vegas, but that ended up getting changed. 
and the night first night we were going to be there, Rise Against was going to be playing at the Cosmopolitan, and I was like, I, I bought a ticket for it because I'm like, I know you guys, you guys are going to go out and gamble like crazy that first like couple hours, you're going to blow all your money, but I'm going to go spend 60 bucks, I'm going to go see Rise Against and have a great time. Fortunately, the bachelor party got canceled and moved to a different date, but then I had one the weekend after, and it's like, okay, you know, weekend after, already. well, Rise Against playing in Chicago, I already bought tickets, so see ya. And then the other one, it's... Well, Ice Nine Kills was playing in Illinois the Friday night beforehand with two bands I've had in the podcast, and I want to see them both play live. So, yeah, I'll see you guys like the second day, not the first day though. I'm going there, but again, yeah. it's just something that that's what I that's where I love to be. That's what I love to do, and I'll be at every single mosh pit possible. I'll be the one going crazy, and I absolutely love every single moment of it. Where when I was a kid, I loved going to baseball games or to football games because I just felt the most at home in those places. Now. It's a concert venue. It's, it's you know, a festival, outdoor venue, just a small room or like a ballroom kind of style, or even like potentially sometimes an arena. Not necessarily sitting like in the seats, though. I got to be on the floor. Like, I got to feel the energy. I got to be a part of it. And I'll do anything to go to a show, man. It's just, and even the bands that like, I'm not even well, that don't really know all that well. And the smaller side, I'm still going to go. I'm still going to be up there. I'm still going to be in the front. But if there's a mosh pit, I'm going to be there as well. And I'm be <laughs> taking every bit of it for what it's worth because, well, we went through 2020. I'm not. We finally got it back. I'm not losing it again, man. I'm not losing it. Uh, it's. I feel like the pandemic is one of those things that it, you know people that never really went out to see live shows. You, it's like it's like the saying: you don't know what you have until it's gone. So it's like all the all the. I feel like all the enthusiasts of of you know not just music but anything. Um, when it, that gets taken away from you, you kind of you're like, oh my gosh, I, I'd do anything to go see this, you know, and. I, th- I feel like we're experiencing that now um, because I've, I've seen like a lot of the other bands that we're friends with and stuff out playing shows and, um, and there's, it just looks like they're having a blast. So, you know, I'm, I'm glad to see that people are, are finally being able, being able to enjoy uh, what they love again. So um, hopefully, hopefully everything is able to keep up like that. Absolutely. And when you guys are able to play that first live show, I'll, I'll give it to you this, the crowd, Every crowd I've been in, the energy has been there because everyone's just so excited for it to be back. All you guys got to do is bring the energy yourselves as well. And that room's going to be just in this full-on state of euphoria and happiness that that just like the relation that it has to the pandemic where we lost all that stuff. Now we have it back and it's going to be that reminder that, you know, we didn't have this for a while. This potentially wasn't going to come back, but now it's here. Let's mm-hmm. just enjoy it and let's all be a part of this happy family that is rock and metal. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'd be happy if it, if it's anything like our last show that we played before the pandemic. If it's anything close to that, I'll be happy. Are you guys playing with anyone on that, Bill? Or are you, is it just like by yourselves or is there another headliner? Are there supporting acts in front of you? Like, what's the case going on here? Because I'm curious. Um, so we have a couple of bands. Um, that are going to be on the show with us um revision revised echo break and raised by wolves um some of the uh, two of the bands are from dayton ohio um or a little bit north of and then echo or uh, i'm sorry revision revised is from down near cold grove kentucky or cold grove ohio um so it's got a little bit of a hike for them um but we uh we decided we were going to play this show some of us on our personal facebook pages we were like you know what let's keep this let's keep this relatively local let's hit up um people in this area that might want to play with us um so our our drummer kevin and and trevor the bassist kind of took the initiative on that posted and said hey who wants to play with us um got 
uh, a lot of people to hit us up. And then we, we kind of sent uh, some initial messages out and to actually, I think these three guys and these three bands and they were like, yeah, let's, let's do it. <laughs> and uh, when we found out that revision revises for like, from like three hours away, <laughs> it was kind of funny because I was like, man, it's, it's dedication, but let's go. <laughs> That dedication is going to end up coming in the energy that they bring to that show as well. So just keep bringing the energy that you guys have, and you're going to end up creating a show that will rival what you had right before the pandemic in terms of the crowd really getting into it, going nuts. And I've seen that for local shows here as well in Milwaukee. There's a local punk band that played in like a room that, honestly, I was supposed to see Bad Omens in this right before the pandemic, and this room maybe could hold 300 people. I'm like, how the hell was this supposed to happen? And it was just insanely nuts how crazy this was. So the energy is, if you guys are able to bring that energy and feed off of the fans' energy, it's going to become just this ping pong back and forth where everyone's going to get amped up every step of the way to the point where when you guys end, everyone's going to be leaving maybe a little bit like exhausted, but like that happy exhaustion of like, we just went through one hell of a show. I need a break. Give me some water or give me a beer or something like that. <laughs> I always call it the post-show high. Like you leave and you're just like, that was awesome. Like you get it when you leave the movie theater after a really good movie. And uh, yeah, I, that's always the best. Oh, absolutely. So hope I'm hoping that you guys are absolutely able to bring it so that all of a sudden when the, when the show happens, I have a look on social media and all of a sudden see different pictures and videos, not only from your guys' accounts, but also from fans around there as well, just tagging you guys and literally everything. And seeing how crazy this thing is, because I'm not sure if I'm able to make it out there or not. But if there's somehow, some way that all of a sudden it's like I can somehow work into my schedule and drive six, seven hours to make it there, by gun, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> yeah, it, um, I think we were when we were so we were in the studio um, a couple weeks ago. Our bassist Trevor, he was in the Navy um, prior to you know being in the band, and he had a buddy that was from the Navy, and we. Um, they met up with us at the studio. We kind of had some drinks, went out for dinner and whatnot. And we told them about it and they're like, Oh, Holy shit. We're coming. We're like, <laughs> like what? <laughs> He's like, nah, dude, it's, it's only like five and a half hours. We're coming. So we were like, okay. <laughs> so I'm pumped. I mean, they were, they were awesome dudes. We had a great time with them. So, um, just knowing that, uh, just knowing that there's, you know, it's going to be that kind of, um, mindset going into this. Yeah. Super excited. Oh, man, you guys are absolutely ready. And you guys got a whole bunch of great music that come in support as well, along with the most recent song you guys just released called Damn. And I'm taking a look at the note sheet that I have right now on a different screen. And there's probably about two full pages of notes on this song alone that I wrote <laughs> down. So I want to dive into it with you guys if you're OK with that. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So first thing I always do when I look at a song is and I dive deep into it like this is I always try and figure out what the mean of the song is. And the reason I do that is because. Whenever I find out what the mean is, I understand more of the emotion behind where that meaning comes from. And then it all ties into how the instrumentals are working and different chord progressions, the different transitions from each part, how they accent and telling the story, how the vocals do that as well with different pitches, different tones, different unclean screams, different clean styles, whatever it might be. And then it all comes together. It just helps me understand the song so much more. So that's the first thing I did. I have what I have for the meaning down, what I thought it was, but I want to hear what you guys originally put it down because I want to see... Not only how close I got, but want to see if all of a sudden, like, I just, like, took something out of this song where you guys are like, I didn't even think of that. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the meaning of uh, Behind Damn, it just kind of, like, it came from a lot of, like, the that first initial, like, COVID stuff. 
um, and just kind of like, just like everything being uneasy, you're not knowing what's, what's happening. Like, is it going to end? Like, will it ever end? Cause you're hearing so many different things and, uh, it just kind of like takes a toll on you mentally. Um, and then you've got like, you know, outside, outside people that are affecting your, your outlook on things as well. And you're just like, you know, it kind of puts you in this like really kind of crappy headspace. So you're like left to figure it out. It's just like, okay, well, you know, I guess if this is how it's going to be, then it's how it's, this is how it's going to be. So, and it's just kind of like, I, I sent out, um, an email to, to, uh, someone and it, it was it was it said something like you know it's an irreverent like outlook on on depression and like being being just like like what's the point like what's the I don't know almost like a nihilistic type thing where it's just like okay what's the point of this like what's the meaning is there any meaning or is it just like just how it is so um and uh kind of like off subject but still on subject uh the the name of the song was a a working title and it just kind of <laughs> stuck um i was like you know we could we could call it uh i, I don't i don't want to give any way of the give any uh i don't know i don't even know how to say it but um <laughs> yeah so they were just like what if we just keep it damn they're like <laughs> Mm, all right yeah let's just keep it damn i'm like okay all capital letters yep okay cool <laughs> <laughs> well if you think about it kind of in conjunction with the meme that you just brought up with whenever it's like depression kind of is really taking its toll and all of a sudden is you're just constantly trying to fight but it's you know something new comes up it just keeps putting you further and further down it's just that response of just damn it feels like you know you're trying to let out some anger but it's just it's not fully there. It's not fully you just because you've gone through so much. So it's kind of like that exhaustive, just, ugh. yeah. Damn. And it's like, it's, 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 it's the piling up of things, but it's also not being able to enjoy the good things just because you're like, it's in the back of your head the whole time, you know, it's like, it's like, I wish you wish you could like break out of it and like actually appreciate the things that are happening at the moment. So yeah, it's just like, Damn, for sure. <laughs> and and the working title actually uh, came up because as we were kind of um, demoing out the instrumentals for this song, um, I think Trevor was like, "This song's pissed off, dude. We're just just it's, it's called Damn, like just Damn, <laughs> like." So uh, that's where that's where that came from. And then yeah, like Brady said, um, we just we couldn't really find a better. We kept bouncing around song name ideas and stuff, and we just felt like that that just described the vibe of this song. Um, you know, where do you go from here kind of thing. So. And sometimes you just absolutely hit it right away where I know a lot of people uh, dealt with depression during the pandemic myself. I didn't necessarily deal with that a lot because all of a sudden it was the pandemic started. I'm like, okay, you know, what can I do during this time? You know, cons are gone, but hell all the bands are on the, like sitting at home right now, looking for something to do, something to promote. Like let's start interviewing a bunch of bands on the podcast. And all of a sudden now that's how this whole entire thing has become a huge thing at this point. So I'm like, yeah, let's do it. But I've dealt depression beforehand. So I totally understand where that comes from. And when I took a leak, look at the meaning of the song, I'm like, this meaning is about the existential dread that does come from depression. When you're stuck in depression, it feels like there is literally no light at the end of the tunnel. And I felt that before. 
This song talks about that point in time where you are wondering if you will ever get out of that state in life. And it goes into detail on how it can impact your outlook on the future. It shows how it shows how this can make you become jaded in life, become a lot more cynical, shut off from the rest of the world, and not really care about anything anymore. It specifically talks about the violation of rule number 32 of Zombieland, which is enjoy the little things. It can be used <laughs> as a call to action in order to prevent someone in that state from falling deeper into that hole and never getting out. So, because I've dealt with this stuff before where it feels like there's been times where, you know, I didn't know if life was ever going to get better. And it just felt, and this constantly having in the back of my head was something that was preventing me from enjoying a lot of different things in life. And during that time, some of the only times I could actually remember me being not in that stuck in that state and just kind of getting a break from it from a little bit was going to concerts, was going to live shows. Was I finally able to let loose? And all of a sudden when the show was over, I had about maybe an hour or two before that kind of started to come back because I did get that post-concert high going. It was like, I was seeing bands mm-hmm. like, I saw Rise Against a couple of times. I saw Chevelle, Breaking Benjamin, Papa Roach. And I was like, you know, damn, this actually is kind of cool. It's like kind of finally getting back to that call to action of actually starting to enjoy the little things. Once again, enjoy the things I actually enjoyed in life and really listening to this song. It takes me to that time frame where I was stuck in that rut. And I was just wondering if I was ever going to actually get out of it or if I was going to actually succumb to the pressure of just being cynical and just not happy for the rest of my life. It felt like that at yeah. one point, but not anymore. Dude, and that's, that's pretty wild. I'm always curious how like people are going to interpret things. If they're just going to like take it at face value, or if they're if they like related to themselves. Because I I know that I've always done that. I've always like looked for like hidden meanings and or just the meaning in general of of songs. But that was I'm blown away. That was pretty pretty spot on. It's like you're you took a peek into my into my brain. <laughs> It was pretty sweet. It's like I took a Microsoft. I'm like, all right, I'll take a look at Brady's brain. Let's figure it out here. But a lot but of things. Yeah. Go ahead. I mean, sorry. But yeah, I mean, that's that's the that's the beautiful thing about music. It's like, you know, people are putting themselves out there and making themselves vulnerable and, and, you know, in the hopes that someone out there feels the same. Kind of like message in a bottle. And uh, it's like, you know, maybe someone will find it and and relate to what I'm going through. So that's cool. And a lot of it is just relating to the emotion that you're going through as well, because what you've gone through specifically, like the specifics of your life and the specifics of the moments that have led to the writing of Damn, those specifics are something that for a lot of us, we have never gone through, but we've gone through something similar and where we all connect with that is the emotion at the core of the song. So that's when all of a sudden we're able to put our own take on it, but really stick within that whole entire mindset of understanding where the emotion where it's coming from so that's where i really get into a lot of these different songs even songs that not necessarily are in my wheelhouse because i've had some bands on that are more alternative rock some even i had a couple pop rock artists on there where it's like i'm not really into that sound but i understand where you're coming from so when i take a look at your music while it's not necessarily for me i can understand why you made those choices and how it guides the listener through those specific instances especially if they relate to that sound a lot more so it's something where it can you can find so much beauty in music and you find so much more understanding about yourself and about everything else going on in the world through music, through other people's interpretations of those events around that meaning and around that emotion. Yeah. Spot on, man. Spot on. And, I mean, I even went through a whole breakdown, the instrumentals and the vocals on this one, so we can do that and we can actually see how this all works out in really detailing every bit of this, if you guys are <laughs> down for that. Hey. Do it, yeah. Well, when that happens, I always like to start with the instrumentals because, in my opinion, actually, it's the, inter- it's the instrumentals are honestly 
a really like one of the most important pieces in this aspect because when it comes to creating different sounds, whether it's the guitar, the bass, the drums, even some if you add some electronic synths over it or some other electronic backings, it really adds to the overall emotion of the song. It really guides you through it, through this idea of like the sonic interpretation, the sonic connection to the meaning. And when you intro with this like deeper techno sounding build to it that adds the drums and then we really get more of this melodic new metalcore build that really uses the electronic bass to the advantage, especially in the intro, because the electronic piece creates the emotion of this distorted mindset or a warped mindset. And that warped mindset is created by that depression. And again, I have been there. So I was like, holy shit, this is really sticking in with me. Your brain is so clogged with depressive sadness and anguish that it feels like everything is confusing. And they open you up to that idea, especially in this intro. You guys open us up to that because you're already preparing our mindset just through that like distortion kind of style as you build in with the rest of the instrumentals. It really starts out this song on such a strong note to really dive deep in that meaning, really put you in the right mindset to understand where this is going. Yeah, so one of the cool things that we like to do um, with all of our songs is give it a theme. Um, I don't know if all the if all bands do this, or if it's just some, or if it's just maybe it's just something that we do. But we basically try to get a vibe. If that's based off, you know, if the lyrics are something that's coming first, we use that. If if you know, if Brady comes up with a a vocal melody with, you know, sometimes he'll come to practice with like, hey, I've got this like lyric with this cool little loop. You know, then we'll take that as a starting piece. Sometimes it might be a drum beat. Sometimes it might be an instrumental melody on, you know, on a synth or something. Um, but for I, I don't remember exactly where this one started out, but I remember being in the studio building this song out in terms of like adding layers. So like obviously we have a demo uh, before we ever go to the studio. We have a, a full on instrumental demo with with vocals and everything. And and then once we get there, we sit down with our producer and engineer and we kind of tear the song down, rebuild it. And I remember, um, I remember like Brady and, and Trevor were kind of going back and forth on some lyrical ideas for the, for the verse they were toying around with kind of skimming down, you know, the, uh, the ideas to, to, to what really would, would flow the best. And, um, and then it just so happened at that time we were working on the verses and what we wanted to do is to kind of replicate the what they were talking about what brady mentioned too about like is this ever going to end kind of thing i wanted to put a lot of tension on those verses so in the background you'll hear a lot of really like bendy like if think of think of the dark night you know whenever you see the joker on screen you feel a lot of that really bendy sounding strings so that's what we did i I was really fast picking strings bending that string throwing a lot of reverb a lot of distortion on it um a lot of the kick drums come with 808 um, sub kicks to keep that driving. So it was just, it was just something to really make that verse, make it, make you really feel what was being said. So, um, yeah, it was, it was really interesting how that song came together. There's a lot of little things like that, that we kind of, that we, we, we added into Damon and quite honestly, we do to all the songs. So, um, like, like if you want to take our, like our first song that we put out, like demonized, for example, um, that one is just like, can you, can you really take everything that's being said to you uh, in a literal way? What can you trust? What can you not trust? You know? So that's kind of what that song is, uh, um, you know, is about in a very light way. And then, um, so we were like, you know, Kevin, me and Trevor kind of sat down and once Brady started giving us like lyrical ideas, it's like, okay. And then I think Brady had like this little, the little synth thing you hear during the, the bridge, um, so we're like, okay, you know what? This is like a stranger things kind of 
kind of sound and that kind of that in a way that kind of goes with with the uh the lyrical direction this is going in or it fits that that feeling you know that vibe so yeah that's just something we do with all of our songs we just try to uh, we try to build a theme around what the song is about well as you build that theme around what the song is about especially instrumentally you're going to end up keen in again on the emotion of the song and the emotion of the meaning so that when you're building out these instrumental styles and you're trying these different things, adding these different aspects of, you know, maybe distorting this here a little bit higher, even more that like bendy string kind of thing. What you're going to end up doing is you're going to end up understanding how that emotion plays into your instrumentals. And you're able to create something that really gives more of this emotional feel. So when you guys are listening to it and you guys are playing it, if like the sound of it will make you remember what you felt during a period of time like this, especially if you've gone through something like this. And then yeah. as on our end, as a listener, we're able to really pick up on that. And I got to bring up the verses in this one for damn silly, because you end up keeping this lighter electronic piece over this more consistent drum pattern. And then you add the guitars with like a little bit of like a staticky electronic distortion into the song and it, with some slower bursts throughout. And I thought that this was incredibly interesting because the tone of the overall sound, especially in the smells in the verses, had this more downtrodden feel. But it does set the stage for that feeling of depression really taking over and preventing you from really getting past it. It creates this existential feeling of dread just in the verse itself. And that light little stacky electronic distortion, again, it keeps our mindset in that little bit more of like a warped mindset, more distorted kind of feel where this depression is kind of taking over us and we're not sure if we're ever going to get past it. But that's just our mind in a different headspace that's not right where we need it to be in order to really break through this. So you're really creating this overall environment for the mind where things are not going right and you're potentially just wondering if it's ever going to get through if you're ever it's ever going to get fixed or if you're ever going to feel like yourself again yeah um i will add one thing about what mike was saying um you know he was saying about like adding those tension like the parts of, of tension like i feel like having that as a as a <clears throat> like a background, like a son, like a soundscape, um, definitely helps me get into, um, I guess, you know, for lack of a better term, like get into character, like, like having that as inspiration, like when you're, you have that, uh, background, you're, I think it helps me, um, channel like thoughts and feeling and like that comes out in the vocals. So like just the back and forth of like, okay, I want, it to, I want it to be like this. I want the song to have this feel. And then they come back with the answer with a, a cool soundscape to put vocals on. It's like, then it all comes together. And then like the, our producer and engineer like can, can really fine tune all of that stuff and make, make something awesome. So I do think that's one of the coolest things about our writing process is even though like we take a completely polished demo to the studio, like something that you could, honestly release <laughs> if you wanted to i mean we were that particular with with what we take there um but then at the same time once we get to the studio um we were still in the writing mindset so like there's a lot of changes that happen we try to keep an open mindset because um the the, the producer his name's john um when we're working with john he'll he'll hear something maybe that you know sitting so close to the project you you just you don't you don't click with that um, so then he'll throw in an idea and then it kind of takes, takes us on a different course. And, um, there, there are songs, um, that sound identical, like not, not identical, but pretty damn close. 
Um, I think like uh, demonized damn. Um, uh, what is there another one somewhere? Clarity, like a lot of those songs, like they sound pretty pretty close to what the demo was. There was you know maybe some slight melody changes here and there, but overall song structure, everything riffs stay all, all stay the same. But then you also have songs uh, that completely changed, like our song "Never Healing" took a wholly just a whole different uh, turn uh, once we actually got to the studio. Um, and uh, you know, a lot of that is just, uh, the relationship that we have with, with the guys that we're working with. Um, we trust them. They trust us to, to kind of work and feed off of each other. And it's been fun. It's been super fun. I think, I think working with them is, has helped bring out the best writers in us. And, and I think they enjoy the process as well. So it's, it's been exciting. Well, just hearing this from you guys, what I'm kind of taking from this is as a band, when you guys are writing this. It's when you guys are writing these songs together is your under you each understand the emotion that's at the meaning of the song, whatever song it might be. So when it comes to really trying to create something off of that, whether Brady has an idea or Mike, whether you have an idea or the other two guys have an idea, you guys are able to really take all of that and understand the idea that's behind it and create something that really fits in with that emotion. And then when you take it to your producer as a full with a fully polished demo, which I've actually really never heard any other band do. So kudos to you guys on that one, because then you guys have this fully fleshed out idea on potentially where you want it to go and how you want it to really sound. When your producer John gets a hold of it, I mean, there are going to be some songs like you said that there's very little changes made, and I think I think that's a big reason because when your producer is listening to it, he can also connect with that emotion as well. He can connect to it to himself as well and really understand where it's going. But then he can also use his ideas as a producer and his track record doing that to really put, you know, give some ideas on maybe tweaking this around for its musicality, but also so that it maybe flows better into the idea and the story that you're trying to tell to really articulate this meaning. And if he changes, if he's bringing up these crazy ideas to change it with, and you guys are, you know, understanding where they're coming from, some might work, some might not, but everyone seems like they're on the same page in terms of creating these certain songs that wherever the themes are, wherever the emotions of those themes are, that those are going to be met with the idea that you guys have. Yeah. Um, and I think a big part of it is, you know, we're, you have to, you have to be able to be vulnerable about it. Like a lot of the times I'll, I'll bring up stuff and I'm like, man, I don't know. Is this, is this stupid? Like, is this a dumb idea? I, I do that a lot, a lot of back and forth. Like, okay, is this worth writing a song about? Um, and um, then like, you know, you get the feedback from, from Mike and, and Trevor and Kevin and they're like, yeah, man, like definitely, like we should definitely write a song about that. And uh, so, you know, it's, it's cool, but you know, I, I think some, I think some groups of people don't um, some bands don't like have that conversation. They can't, they don't like gel with each other like we do. Um, but I feel like since we do have that connection and we do, um, we are able to talk about different things with each other. I think it's, it, it makes a more cohesive, uh, you know, thought like consensus. So we're, we're able to take it into a different, into a, you know, a strategic direction. So, yeah, I do. I do. I do find it kind of interesting that typically our headspace is all kind of the same too. Like when we get, when we go into the studio, we're, we're doing maybe a song or two. Um, This last time we happen to do more than that. Um, but typically we're just doing a handful at a time, which allows us to kind of really key in on, on the songs that we're doing. Um, and, and it, it's, that's on our end as well as on, on John's end and Nick's end, because when we get there and we start working these songs out, 
I, I laughed so hard the last time we were, um, we were working on a guitar part for one of these new songs that, that will be coming out. And, um, John, you know, was kind of fiddling around with something. He goes, well, what if we did this? What if we did this? And then he hit something. We kind of looked up at each other, made eye contact was like, Oh, okay. And then John was like, Oh yeah, that's, that's enemy. That's something you guys would do. <laughs> so, you know, to, to, to have that, to have that kind of connection, like, like Brady said, I think the four of us have a very good core. Um, we know, each other's writing styles we know kind of how to feed off each other but then now that we've developed that kind of relationship with people with our with our team uh, it's you know tacky to say but like the people that we work with um it's it's made it's made things very comfortable for us too when we get there it's because like that's what like brady said it starts that process all over again so one of us presents an idea to somebody in the band okay is that, is this going to be okay and then we're doing that again when we take demos to them it's like hey what do you think about this but now um now we're more open. So, and when one of the songs that we recorded, um, I think started out as more of a project we were like, uh, do we do this or not? And then we ended up showing them the demo and they were like, Oh hell yeah. If you don't fucking bring that up here, <laughs> you know, like kind of thing. And and now it's like, it's going to be one of my favorites. So it's, it's such an unspoken benefit to have those kind of connections with the people you're working with. It's like you guys have this openness with each other to really just try out anything you guys want to try out. But it's going to be something where everyone, again, is on the same page with the mindset behind this song. What, No matter what writing styles you guys are working with, whether all four of you have a different style or all four of you are writing this kind of in the same realm. But it just shows the chemistry that is behind your band. And again, taking a look at the fact that you guys, you know, you know when it came to Spotify, not really that many monthly listeners at the beginning of the pandemic. And now... Or at this moment, 70,000 plus, potentially getting to 100,000 by the end of September with the release of Damn. It just shows a lot of the quality that's not only behind the writing process, but the fact that it freaking works for you guys. And it's creating such high quality music. And even going back into Damn, because I got to keep talking about this stuff, because when you go to like going into the pre-course, it just shows even more of this because you end up going with more of this like felt like a new metalcore style. Guitars take over the whole entire part, rougher, more down-tuned style, and it ended up adding more of this weight to this song as we are letting uh, letting loose going into the chorus. It shows the heaviness of this topic really in terms of understanding how dread and depression can take over your whole entire brain based on the amount of weight that it carries. Then you guys fly into the chorus and it's more of a melodic style, that new metalcore feel with some of the more melodic rougher guitars, consistent drum pattern with some slow fills. But the lighter electronic pieces that is overtaking the top of the song, it was done with such a fantastic mix. The reason behind that is because when I listen to this, this part of the song, you're really showing more of the heavy realization depression has set in. And you can either keep fighting or just take the loss of your whole entire will and just take it in stride and basically give up. At the course, it provides you with the moment of the realization that you have to still make that choice. You have to make the choice to either keep fighting or succumb to it. And it also kind of shows that you just keep fighting, just keep going, especially with the, the rougher style of play. It just shows that, you know, it's not going to be easy, but trust us, it's worth it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Just yeah, I would say it's just a beautiful piece because not only that, but then the you get to the bridge. The electronic distortion creates more of this cranking feel that is leading us into the breakdown, much like our life being troubled. And then the breakdown hits with this heavy, melodic metalcore breakdown with heavier down-tuned guitars and with some more new metal drumming techniques. And I'm just like, oh my God, oh my God, here we go. Because this shows the weight of the decision either to fight for yourself or just to give up. If you give in, it provides the emotion of being stuck and the heaviness of the dread that you'll succumb to. It provides that sticking to you. 
And if you choose to fight, it shows you the weight and the power of that decision. And it also shows the difficulty of getting past that, but provides a feeling of worth to it as well as the final course that follows it. So you're really showing both instances and both choices within the exact same song using the exact same tones, but it's providing two completely different feels depending upon where your headspace is at when listening to this. I love the fact that it does that because it also shows what can, what can go wrong and what can really affect your life if you just kind of succumb to it. Or it will show what will what could happen if you keep fighting for it. However, it also doesn't sugarcoat it with like, if you keep fighting for it, it's going to be great. No, you're going to have to go through some hard times. I've dealt with that before as well. That's why I really connected with this specific part because I remember how hard it was to get past some of that. But knowing that it was knowing that it was tough, but knowing that, you know, there is still hope if you keep going on, that can just drive somebody to keep going and to make sure that they get out of that and make life just the best thing possible for them going forward. Dude, you're you're making my day. <laughs> just like I'm, I'm excited because you're excited, and you've like, I'm just I'm blown away by how much time and effort you put into this, and like you're like really broke everything apart, and you're like, like getting into it hardcore. <laughs> it's awesome, man. Yeah, it's I mean, to, it's good to to feel and to know that that they're you know that people are out there connecting with it on that kind of level. Um, it's inspiring, really. <laughs> well, I think one of the biggest reasons why I connected that piece was just because that decision to keep fighting, to keep going. And I, for me, it was keep going, keep going. But I had to find something to make for myself because where I was going in life was kind of this like real cookie cutter kind of lifestyle where it was, okay, I just graduated college. I had gotten a job, like an office job that I absolutely hated. Uh, the girl where I was dating at the time, we broke up and that spent, sent me into a spiral because like the life I thought I wanted was not the life that I really wanted, but that was the life I it was going towards and it felt like I couldn't get out of it. And it just, yeah, man. I just went spiraling down and down and down and all of a sudden it was like, that's, that's like we, we, uh, we walked very similar paths for sure. <laughs> and, and so you're seeing like how much I can exercise and how much this parallels with it, with the emotion, because I needed to find something to do. And all of a sudden it was, I was listening to podcasts, listening to Gary Vee. And all of a sudden there was an idea for like, got to create like, like create like an Amazon Alexa skill and see where that goes. I'm like, okay, what can I do with this? And just kind of thinking about it. And I was, I bought one, I started playing music on it and I was listening to like savior by rise against and just having a blast. But then all of a sudden an idea clicked in my head and I'm like, okay, let me just try and run with this idea and see what happens. Is, am I doing that idea? Well, not fully, but that idea is what has led to where I've gone in the past three and a half years. That idea is what has led to me being here right now talking to you guys. It was that specific spark and continually moving forward and just for kind of like looking towards the future and like finding that light at the end of the tunnel and trying to find it, knowing that it was there somewhere. And when I finally thought about that, that was the moment that I found that light. And so when I listen to songs like this, it's I remember those times. I remember how far I've come from them. And I think a lot of people that are going through depression right now can look at this and look at this song specifically and think, you know, it's going to be tough, but you got to keep looking because you will find that light at the end of the tunnel. When it's dark out, For the sure. first thing you're going to see is that little bit of light. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, uh, and kind of trailing back to the first part of your, your story there. Um, Gary V is the man. Love Gary V. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, dude, he's one of the few people that are like, like 
has a thriving business. He's got multiple businesses, but like, even with all that, um, with all that success, he's like still such a cool dude. Just like, doesn't care if it's not the cool thing to do. He's just like a really down to earth, like awesome guy that just wants to help people. It's pretty sweet. But yeah, uh, I just figured I'd uh, comment on that. He's he's a dude that genuinely cares, and I mean, it's in, it, if you really listen to it, it's infectious. And again, if if it wasn't for listening to that podcast and his podcast, reading some of the books, and just kind of trying to like figure out maybe what I wanted to do and like try and find some for myself, had I not had started listening to himself, all of a sudden, you know, who knows what I would have ended up doing? But it was kind of one of those things. It's like okay, fine, like because it was. His biggest thing is like, you know, success is relative to happiness. That's always like kind of how I sum it up is if people can be, you know, making a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand million dollars a year. And I like I have a buddy who might be making, you know, like forty thousand, fifty thousand dollars a year, but he's living the life that he wants to, and these other people that are making millions upon millions of dollars might be absolutely miserable. Who's in my buddy who's not living the the life that he wants to live right now is not a success. Like he's like he's gonna get married. He's gonna he's he's gonna get end up having kids. He's got a house for himself right now. It's like this is this is what he wants to do. Perfect. He fucking won. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean it's it's yeah, and that's part of it. It's like the societal pressures. Like a lot of people that are our age are married, have kids, have a house, that those kind of things. So it's like you know maybe your your value isn't in those things, and it doesn't have to be. Um, but I think that's part of that's part of you know the song and um that's part of the stuff that we all go through you know it's it's that that outlook it's like okay you're you're constantly like measuring yourself against other people and you're like am i like am i doing what i'm supposed to be doing like as long as you're enjoying yourself as long as you're having fun like do what you love and like that's all that matters so i think that's you're an inspiring man I, I'm, I've enjoyed this podcast with you, man. Oh, I'm, I'm very glad that you've enjoyed it. And even like on top of that, even for myself right now, because I'm 26 years old and I've got friends that are starting to get get married, have kids. You know, a lot of my friends are in relationships right now. And I look at that and at times, you know, I even think to myself, am I doing the right thing at times? Just because seeing how everyone's kind of going about life and, you know, as people go on through life, you know, they start having families and I just don't get to see them as much because they have different responsibilities. And it feels like, you know, maybe I might be a little bit alone. But then all of a sudden, I jump on a podcast, start talking to bands like you guys. And right when you guys show up in the queue, like, my energy level spikes through the roof. My happiness spikes through the roof because I'm like, this is what I love to do. So I'm like, okay, I know I'm doing this right. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, you know, people might be doing this, this. All of a sudden, I go to a live show. Right when that first note hits, I mean, something just clicks in my head and... There is no going back from that. It's just I know that I'm doing exactly what I want to do in life. I am going for what I want to go for. And it might not be for everybody, but it's for me. And that's what I'm going to do. Dude, spot on. Uh, Mike and I were just actually having a – we were commenting on our friend's uh, post on Facebook today. And it's like – he was like, yeah, people call us butt rock. But like – I'm like, I don't – are we butt rock? But um, I was just like, dude – it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like we're doing, we're making the music that we want to make and people like it. So like, I don't see where the downside of that is like genuinely music that I would listen to myself on a day-to-day basis is what we are writing and releasing. And like, I, I, whatever, I don't care. Like say what you want to say. Like 
fine with me. <laughs> like, it's a win-win. It really, it really is. And then kind of, I want to jump back into Damn as well, because I broke down all the instrumentals with you guys and really went through it. But Brady, there's also your vocals that have to be talked about. And I didn't skip out on those. I do not want to skip out on those if we're going through this. So we can definitely go through this because vocals really start on the verses. And in those verses, what I picked up was the vocals had more of this lower tone, a little bit louder whisper style that then builds into more of this style of vocal that has this like worrying power behind it. And that whisper style feels like your mindset is in that depressed state is trying to take over and control your whole identity. It creates a much rougher style to the song and a darker feel, but it makes sense when you are stuck in your head like that. Because if you've ever been stuck in your head like that, it feels like there's always something whispering in the back of your head that is preventing you from really trying to break through that and be stuck within that mindset. And over time, the voice sometimes tends to get a little louder, a little louder, a little louder, because it's trying to overtake that at that moment. And again, as it goes through the song, you're going to want to fight against that. But at the beginning of it, especially in the verses, it builds on that thought process of the depression starting to take over and force you to have to come to that decision to fight it or to succumb to it. And again, you're going to want to fight against it, but I'll get to that a little bit later. But when it comes to the verses, again, the vocals still set up that mindset to really create that full-on distorted mind feel where depression is trying to take over. Yeah. That's killer, man. <laughs> like, Do you like, write reviews for like a magazine or something? Uh, no, I don't. I've been I've been doing this since I think really when I started jumping into like how deep I go in these songs. It all started back when I was trying to start doing album reviews, and it all started with the Holy Hell album from Architects. Because seeing how they went through the five stages of grief through that album and understanding mm-hmm. that, that's how I started to understand unclean vocals. Just through all of that, and then I started diving yeah. deep and stuff to the point where all of a sudden. My like, if I do an album review, say it's like ten songs. When I first started doing it, it was like maybe five or six pages. Now it doesn't surprise me if those notes end up getting to like sixteen or seventeen pages long. Wow! Yeah, yeah no, I, I like back in the day. Um, well, in high school, um, like most songs that I listened to prior to high school, it was just like oh, like very cut and dry. Like this is what the song's about. Like my parents listened to a lot of like country and like. 80 well like um like hair stuff so i was just like okay these are what the songs are about there's no like hidden meaning and uh, i had an english teacher that like got me into like the you know what what the songs mean like the symbolism behind things i'm like whoa like this opens a whole new door for me like i didn't realize that you know you could you could have like multiple meanings like piled on top of each other and you're just like wow this is like you know, it's just like opening so many doors. And, um, but yeah, that's, that's one thing like that really like got me into music and I didn't even start singing until like the very end of, of high school. So, um, yeah, that was definitely one of the things that spurred me into like writing, like writing lyrics, writing poetry, like just, you know, working out that muscle and then, um, finally like transitioning into, singing for a band and being able to like put myself out there and be like, okay, this is how I'm feeling. Like, this is like, hopefully somebody, if you don't like it, maybe somebody else will, maybe somebody else will vibe with it. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, cool. it's like maybe someone else will connect with that emotion you're trying to talk about. And again, like even when we're younger, I think Mike, you might be able to like add to this as well, but when we're younger, especially like, you know, maybe like that middle school, maybe early high school period, when we're listening to music, it's, when it's really cut and dry, that's what we kind of tend to go into. But then as we get older, all of a sudden, we've experienced more in life. We've experienced more of these emotions. And 
the song starts to take a little bit more of a full-fledged meaning because we're able to start picking up on those deeper meanings. Like Brady had said with what his English teacher brought, like, you know, there's a lot more going on here. Because, hell, a perfect example for me. When I first heard Savior by Rise Against, I love the song. I love the instrumentals behind it. And I love the sound of it. But then when I actually start to take a look deeper in the meaning, I'm just like, holy shit, this does not sound like what I thought it was. But it just added so much more to the song when I listened to it again and again and again. And, I mean, throughout my whole entire life, that song has taken on so many different meanings, probably seven or eight different meanings over the past 10 years. Or even 12 years at this point. Holy shit, I've listened to that song a long time. But over the past 12 years, it's taken on so many different meanings just through the ideas that are being brought behind it. And it's just, it's incredible. It shows, it teaches you so much about yourself in the way as well. As you kind of go back to the music that you listened to back when you were younger, that seemed more cut and dry, and you really dive deep in the meaning. Man, it just takes this on a whole different path. Uh, I've definitely been yeah. there. Um, I mean, high school um, is when I think I really got into into rock music. Um, and back then, you know, um, yeah, you could kind of vibe with with a song, you know, but you didn't really have you might not be able to connect with what the song's about on a deeper level. So uh, there's been times where there, there were songs I listened to in high school and I loved them back then because I liked heavy music. I like music that vibe with um, maybe the, um, I don't know, the emotion that I had. Uh, So then, but now you listen to them, you know, down the road and it's like, you just said, you're like, damn, like I'm perceiving this song in a totally different light than what I did back then. So I think that's always kind of cool. And it's it's also kind of talking about what we were um, talking about before with the instrumental stuff, but it's it's also kind of funny because I've gone kind of full circle to where back in the day, I hated instrumental music. <laughs> I, I hated classical music. I hated bluegrass. I hated anything that didn't have lyrics to it because at a younger age, you just, you can't connect with something. You're not fit. You're not literally being told you know what is going on um but as time's gone on um here within just the last couple of years i've really gotten into like classical music which is i know kind of weird but like there's sometimes you'll just you'll just have a need to be be driving in the car and um it's amazing how much you can pick up from a from a song with no lyrics to it solely from how aggressive certain things are being done in the song where where there's tension where there's ambience where there's you know bright spots in the song um a lot of them you know somebody that's still relevant and popular to this day that i think that is honestly an idol of mine is han zimmer han zimmer um oh i know i see your face you're getting excited <laughs> yeah, han, yeah. So, so i i take as much of my writing even in our style of music from han zimmer like han zimmer you can listen to his music and it, whether it's a movie score or whatever it may be, and it will literally tell you a story just in the instrumentals. And I know that's strange to say, but if you just, if you take the movie aside, you get on Apple music or whatever, uh, Spotify and listen to the soundtrack of that movie, you can, it's, it's like John, what John Williams used to do. Yeah. Like you could listen to a John Williams song and you're listening to the Jaws soundtrack and you're like, this feels creepy. This feels dangerous. This feels suspenseful. You can listen to a Jurassic Park soundtrack and you're like, this feels epic as hell. This feels like something that's going to change my outlook on a lot of things. So I feel like John Williams and Hans Zimmer are two people that really impacted my perception of music, honestly. Um, so it's just it's just weird. Like back in high school, I would never, outside of a movie, I'd never be into 
a soundtrack, you know, I mean, movies had to, you know, they had to have good soundtracks, but, mm-hmm. um, in my car, it was strictly, you know, I listened to it. Oh, you ever sh- heard the Tarzan soundtrack? Hey, straight fire. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I saw a meme one time, um, where they went up, it was like Disney goes up to, to old Phil and says, Hey, look, we need you to write a song, but it's just about a dude swinging through trees. And then he hands him back a CD and it's literally on fire. It says, play this shit. <laughs> it's like the most fire soundtrack. So, yeah. That but, was freaking epic. But I totally understand where you're going with, with Hans Zimmer and John Williams, where if you listen to the instrumentals, they can tell a whole entire story without just the without just any words. But even when like you jump into the vocals as well, don't you don't even just have to listen to the the words that are being spoken. Just listen to the tones, the pitches, just the way everything is drawn out or constrained. It's those differences as well. They act like their own instrument at the exact same time. They add so much more to it. So even if like, you know, because that, that brings up a good point with um, music that's in a different language. Because you hear some of the things that they're saying. It's like, you can't necessarily make sense of what they're saying if you don't know the language. But just hearing the different tones that are being brought out and just the different ways they connect with the instrumentals. It brings forward such a different powerful emotion where you can understand the idea of the song just from that, but you don't know what the lyrics are. A great example of that is the band The Who, the Mongolian metal band, where it's like, I don't know what they're talking about, but listening to the Mongolian throat singing, holy shit, <laughs> is it just keep come up with this like grander, epic, driving sound to it? I'm like, my God, I'm into that. But again, going back to the instrumental part of it, yeah, listen to a Hans Zimmer track. Hans Zimmer is perfect for this, especially more of a modern style. If you're looking for something that you know that a lot of you're gonna know, you want to jump into it, a John Williams soundtrack is perfect for that. Harry Potter, Jaws, Star Wars specifically, everyone knows or everyone knows the Imperial March and just the e like this more like more evil driving kind of force that the Imperial March creates, or just where the song that that they have at every single end of the movie. That basically represents the re- the rebellion, the Jedi. It just has more of this grander, epic, lighter, happier feel to it. It's like you know, justice will prevail in the end. Well, the the thing I think is is so neat is how iconic certain certain music can be. So it's like everybody always says like you can't see music. Like they joke around about that, but it's like if you close your eyes and somebody starts to play the Imperial March, I'm looking at freaking stormtroopers, Death Star, and Vader out there just slashing that <laughs> lightsaber. So, you know, it's, it's just, it's interesting how, um, like mute, like a song or something can like paint a, a timeline of you know, your, your childhood or your teenage years or, or so on and so forth. Like you can hear a song from high school or from, you know, even grade school and it like, it, it instantly spark like rekindles an emotion or a memory that you have. So it's, it's always, it's always pretty cool. It's like people, people have like wedding songs right and like that's why it's so important for them like my parents every time their wedding song comes on or so on and so forth it's like it's just uh there's a connection there because it it draws you back to very specific memories so i've always i've always found that interesting as well well absolutely i've, I've actually kind of been hoping that like some of my friends are getting married it's like oh yeah i know they know they have their own times like can you guys ask me for suggestions i've got a couple of really good ideas for songs that'd be the perfect perfect song to play at a wedding the one i always want to push out there is it has it's the theatrical mix that no the theatrical mix of uh, eternally yours by motionless and white oh okay holy crap that is that just takes on a whole different meaning it's like yeah wow of course i I love the original through and through like that theatrical one perfect for a wedding my god but not that not that it's good for a wedding but the um 
is it Fallen in Reverse that did the I'm Not a Vampire remix? And it yes. was like, yeah. oh my gosh, like that that remix with the uh, the orchestra style. Oh, so much better. Uh, not that there was anything wrong with the first song, but like that that just I thought that was epic as hell. I'll say because you brought this up because you brought this up. I have to tilt the camera up for uh, this skate deck right there. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, had to do it. But uh, Bray, were you gonna say something? Cause I know you, I cut you off just right then there. So oh no, I was just I was just gonna ask Mike. So so you're saying it slaps? It slaps, <laughs> bud. Slap city. Oh yeah, the orchestral part by it is beautiful. But again, jumping back into dance, I do want to go through the vocals as well because it seemed like Brady was just like, "Oh my god, this is awesome!" So I want to keep this rolling, keep this train going. Because you get to the pre-chorus, and with the band ending up amping up the roughness by bringing in the unclean screams and the rougher sounding throughout the cleans to over on the top of everything overall, I'm like, this rougher cleans out with the unclean screams underneath it really creates more of this panic feel like the depressive feel is really taking over or at least trying to it feels like it's trying to cement itself deep inside you so it's trying to create that moment where now this oppressive feel is kind of on the attack and then you get to the chorus the band goes in with more of that deeper clean style with a melodic touch to really show your mind questioning whether to continue on in life or to try and not give in and I like this idea because it shows the mind with this more exhaustive feel having to deal with this all. And it makes sense to bring more of the power to the forefront of having to make that decision after going through so many things or depression is trying to take over your mind. It really sets this tone for, you know, you're going to have to make a decision to fight or to kind of succumb to it. And I know it's tiring, especially with the chorus vocals. It kind of creates that feeling of you're mentally exhausted, but you have to keep moving forward. Then you get to the breakdown, and this is the heavier and clean vocals really come in with a lot lower tonal power, and this makes so much sense in both capacities. Once again, when the cleaner vocals come in, similar to the pre-chorus, it provides us with this heaviness of that decision to keep fighting or to give in. It is a heavy topic, but a much-needed one, and both of the ideas and outcomes are covered because if you let it take over, then your life will be filled with the heaviness of that dread, and that breakdown supports bringing that forward. But if you don't and you decide to fight against it, then it will show the battles and the power that you must have in order to defeat that depression. So again, just like the instrumentals, the vocals are doing the exact same thing and telling that exact same story by creating this feeling that depression is take, trying to take over you. And it could potentially be getting more and more and more powerful. However, your mind's going to be exhausted from trying to fight these battles. But you have to make that decision to keep fighting because, trust me, fighting against it and trying to find that light at the end of the tunnel... Eventually, you will find it, and eventually, you will break through it, and then you'll be able to listen to a song like Damn and really take a look back at what you have gone through, really understand the power that it took to get through all of that, and see how far you've become and realize that you are a much stronger person than you ever thought you might have been. Yeah, and I think, I think you know, the approach that we took with this song, it was, it was like, you know, it's probably the, the darkest part before you see the light. Um, but yeah, no, I, I have always kind of, uh, have always kind of done, done that kind of looked for, looked for the, the brighter side of things. And I'm like, you know what, maybe we should like embrace the, the darker end of the spectrum, um, with this one and, and just see, you know, to see what it sounds like and where, where, you know, where your mind goes. So, but I think it's, I think that's cool, man. I really, uh, really enjoy your, your breakdowns. Well, kind of summing it up in an overall sense, because, well, 
we talked about so much on it so if everyone wants the overall cliff notes version of it here we go overall enemy took a track about depression decided to instead showing the fight against it they said i want to show the dread that comes with wondering if there will be an end to it at any given point the vocal tones the instrumentals work in the verses and the pre-chorus to show this tougher time coming forward and really wondering why depression won't go away only for the chorus to come in and create this question of going forward and knowing if it was worth it or not. And then you need to have that moment in order to start that healing process. And I know how this is like firsthand. You need that moment. But the biggest thing that happens here is the breakdown because it can be shown of the hardship that's going to take to beat it, but it will be worth it when it comes to that point or the heaviness of letting it be and taking over your life. It is the call to action in here that shows you both sides and this is some absolute heavy shit because you don't get, because well, with a lot of songs when they talk about this stuff, they talk about either kind of what leads to it or fighting against it. You guys, you guys, you kind of take a look at this period of time where you're wondering whether to even go on or not or continue on to fight it or just, just like let this depression take over you and become more of this, you know, just kind of let it become who you are. It really takes a look at that moment where you have to make that decision to keep fighting for yourself. And it shows the heaviness that it's going to take to do that. But it also provides hope that there's going to be a light at the end of the tunnel. And it is absolutely heavy by showing both sides of what, how hard it's going to be to make that happen. But also shows what will happen if you don't fight for it. And it paints the picture of fighting for it. It's going to be hard, but it's going to be worth it. I can, man. Oh, it's people. Uh, Mike, you're muted right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, so I speak up like, oh, shoot, I, he's muted right now. <laughs> Dude, that was killer. Like, I feel like I can kind of look at the song with a, a different mindset. I'm going to have to re-listen to it now or re-watch the video. <laughs> and just take it all in with this idea of how the story progresses yeah. and how it builds up to that moment <laughs> where you have to make that decision. And that's kind of part of it. It's like when you're when you're in the writing process, like it's three, well, maybe even four phases. It's like, you're in the writing process, you're like hashing things out. And then you're in the studio, um, like recording it. And it's like, you just kind of like disassociate with it. You're you just like, the motions, you're, you're yeah. doing, you're doing it, but you're like, okay. You know, at the time you're like, Oh, I'm like feeling all of this, but you're not you're not listening to the song as a whole you're just like doing the parts that you need to do and then it like you listen to it like on the way back from the studio like driving home from the studio and you're like whoa like i think we're on to something like this is kind of this is kind of sick and then you release it and it takes on like sometimes some of these songs that we've released they'll take on a completely different meaning like like you guys were talking about before where you know you go through something else and now like that song that you liked before has a completely different meaning to you or a more profound meaning um and that's happened before where you know we release something and people have their own opinions on it and they're like they're like oh i think it means this or i'm taking this this uh this away from it so yeah i've had i've definitely experienced that and it's like such a strange such a strange thing so now after hearing your review I'm gonna have to listen to it again. <laughs> Dang! If I if, if my review did that or my breakdown of that song did that, well, honestly, for you have to go back and re-listen to it. Then with that mindset, that's honestly a first that I've heard about that because 
Now you're making my nightmare. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, dude. dude it's all keep, going back keep and what you're doing. You, you obviously love this, and that's you know that's part of what Gary Vee's talking about. It's like you can't you can't be successful. Well, I guess you can. You can be successful at things you hate, but why not you know pursue the thing that you want to that you want to do? And that's what we're doing, and uh, people seem to connect with it. So it's pretty pretty sweet. People are gonna connect with it, and. I'm not glad, especially just not only that, but hearing just the excitement in your voices, specifically you, Brady, when you we were talking about this song and hearing just how excited you were getting going through this, the breakdown of it. When you guys play the song live for that first time, I've got a feeling that the energy from you guys is going to be something that people in that room when they see you live, it's going to be something that they will not forget forever because they're going to see yeah. something that is going to just fully embody the entire identity of this song. They're going to see, they're going to hear it. They're going to connect with it sonically, but then they're going to see visually how this song has impacted you guys in terms of your mindset and what you wrote it about. And then they're going to be able to connect that even more so because now they have a visual of it with someone that is connecting to it emotionally as well. It's going to be one of those things where people are going to potentially be going crazy in the mosh pit, but they're going to be doing it with this idea of just, you know, mosh pit's going to be crazy. But a lot of those people that you think about it, it's, that's going to be a spot where, you know, if they've ever had depression, they're going to be happy in that mosh pit. It's going to feel like every time they smash into somebody, yeah. it's because they're letting go of this for, for even if they have, if they're going through that right now, it's going to be a time where they're going to be able to let go of that for a period of time. And that's the beauty yeah. of music. And especially with songs that concentrate on something like this and have the heavier side of it, where it allows, especially in a live setting for us to just have that moment of letting loose, letting go and actually enjoying life and knowing that that light is at the end of the tunnel somewhere. Even if we don't see it right now, we know it's there. Well, some people's light is at the end of the tunnel, but mine is in the rafters. At the Thompson House. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Now that is one hell of a plug. So as we bring this podcast to a conclusion, Brady Mike, I always like to give my guests in the podcast a chance to say anything they want to say at the end. Plug whatever they want to plug at the end. So at this moment, guys, the floor is yours. Yeah, um, the show at the Thompson House, September 18th, um, and we've got a Patreon, so if you like the stuff that we're putting out, um, definitely check that out, um, sub to it, it's a pretty cheap price, it's a good price, um, and you get all of the like, exclusive stuff, so when we, we're posting behind the scenes stuff, we're posting vi- pictures and videos, um, and then you get to hear songs before they come out, so I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Ooh, that's good yeah. stuff. Anything yeah, Mike wants to add, yeah. Yeah, I mean, honestly, um, the only thing I would even bring up is just our Patreon. I mean, we um, we have a very so special group of people that have supported us literally from day one. Um, and we wanted a way uh, to connect with them on a different on a different land. They've they've reached out to us so many times, like, how can I support you? How can we do this? How can we do this? And it's like, okay, well, look you know, we, we made a Patreon and we wanted to do it something where it's, it's, it's like $3 a month. I think it's like something that's small. And it's like, you know what, tell you what you do this. If you want to help us, you do this. And we're going to pump this thing full of contents. So that way you're always on top of what we're doing. And we do a lot of fun stuff in there. Like we'll do backgrounds for your phone, um, specific to our band. We'll, we always release every single song that we come out with on Patreon, at least a few weeks before it hits public. They get to see all of our music videos before the public gets to see, they get discounts to our shows. 
um, discounts to our merch on our merch store. So, um, I mean, that $3 <laughs> it goes pretty far when, uh, when you take all that into, into consideration, but, and then we also do so a lot of, before we bump the price up. <laughs> and I mean, we also do a lot of interactive stuff on there. We, uh, we, we definitely want our fans to be a part of, of everything that we do. So like, um, we've bounced, we've even gone as far as bouncing the idea of releasing a few singles at once on there and letting them vote, which our next single will be. So there's a lot of really intimate things that we share with our Patreon, uh, group and, you know, we, the, the people that are in there right now, they know who they are. And I know that this is just a podcast, but my background on my computer is literally a background uh, collage of people that we've met at shows and stuff. So they mean they mean a whole lot to us, and uh, we really appreciate every one of them. Well, now when this podcast goes up on YouTube, they're going to be able to see that background. Oh, and, there you go. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's definitely going to happen. So I got to make sure that background is you know full force out there so someone can see that. If you join the Patreon, your picture could be in the background. Very well could. Plus $3 for all of that. That sounds like the best value I've ever heard. Thank you. Incredible. So now it's time for me to end this podcast. And I'm going to bring up three very specific things. So the first thing is when it comes to enemy. Yes, you guys heard that they've got new music. Then you're going to want to listen to it. You're going to want to stream it. You're going to want to buy it. You're going to want to support them. Buy some merch. Follow them on all their social media sites. Subscribe them on YouTube. And yes, join that Patreon. And because $3 a month, my God, that seems like a very, very very high value. So you guys are going to want to go try and find this stuff, right? And support the band. But I know what you're thinking. Kevin, just put everything in the description of the podcast for us. Label it. Put the links there. Make it as easy as possible. That's because convenience is key. And I'll tell you this. You're damn right I'm going to do that. So look <laughs> at the description of the podcast. See Find Enemy Online. You're going to see links, labels. It's a one-click, one-stop shop way to get into the band. Follow them. Subscribe to them. Join the Patreon, listen to music, stream it, buy it, buy some merch, whatever it might be. I'm going to have everything there for you. So, yeah, taking care of that. Easy. <laughs> well, we really like appreciate you, to, you, man. I feel like you need you need to overlay some uh, as-seen-on-TV graphics. <laughs> <laughs> you might actually have to do that. <laughs> Most bands charge $20, $10, even $15. Not them. For the, for the low price of $3. <laughs> and what do you get? You get all of this. But wait, there's more. It's All only three dollars. Right. <laughs> they still doing OxyClean commercials. Let's get let's get that guy. Who who who's that now? Uh, I don't know. Who's doing well. Yeah, there it is. He's yeah. Still in jail. <laughs> All right, guys. But now it's time for my second thing. And whenever I've guest on the podcast, I've enjoyed having on the podcast. I like to make a specific promise because, well, it just seems like something I like to do. Guys, this has happened to every single guest I've had on the podcast. So the streak is at like 160, 170 bands at this point. And after you guys, the streak keeps on rolling. So the promise to you is this. This is not an if because if implies a possibility of it not happening. When implies certainty, but unsure of the exact time. So when, when I get to the enemy perform live for the first time, my promise to you guys is this. First round's on me. <laughs> hey, hey what are we drinking whatever the fuck you guys want to drink hey <laughs> hey we, you might you be you uh, you might be drinking from our private stock so we'll see about that Ooh. yeah we uh we typically bring a uh a cooler we have very specific show day uh beer tastes bush light <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, shit, I'll put it this way. I've done this before where um, I wasn't able to, because I was, it was, uh, I've had Royal Bliss in the podcast before, and I told him that I was going to, ha- you know, you know, first round's on me. But because the show, the day, the time, the day it was, how late it ended up running, and I, they were going to end up staying at the bar for a little bit longer, I had to go home real quick because I was going to Indianapolis the next day for the 500. I had two six-packs in my cooler, in my trunk of my car. One was Lake Fernwood sign from here in Milwaukee, and one was New Glarus' Spotted Cow. And I'm like, you know what? If I can't have a first round you got with you guys, here, enjoy it on me. Boom, done. So I can always bring some of the good stuff for you guys as well, just so we can just, you know, add a little more fuel to the fire. The uh, We'll call it the Kevin Private Stock. Okay. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that works. <laughs> we'll make it work. So on that note, Brady, Mike, I cannot in all good po- conscious. Oh, man, I messed that up. I cannot in all good conscious on this podcast goodbye because, well, a couple of reasons. One, I made that promise, and I make good on my promises. So I will be seeing you guys again at some point. Second is, shit, I had so much fun talking to you guys in this podcast. I can't wait to do it again. We're going to end up doing this again. At least I hope we can because that'd be awesome. Hell yeah, yeah man. Maybe yeah. we can get the Ke- maybe we can get Kevin and Trevor on here. Hey, we'll make it happen. And on that note, goodbye implies finality. No, 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 no. That's not the case. So I'm gonna end it with what I always end this stuff with. See you later. <laughs> See. You. Thanks, right, man. Thanks good, for having man. us. Appreciate it. Well, well, folks, this is my interview with Brady and Mike from the band Enemy. Remember, when it comes to finding Enemy online, when it comes to listening to Damn, watching the music video, streaming the rest of the music, buying their music, buying some merch, subscribe to their Patreon, and follow along with all their social media accounts, you just have to look at the description of the podcast here on YouTube or on Spotify Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and maybe Amazon Podcasts. You have to be certain on that one. Because you're going to find the in the description, it's going to say find enemy online, all links, all labels. You're going to have a one-stop shop to, you know, subscribe to the Patreon, follow along with them, subscribe to all their stuff, listen to music, buy some merch, support enemy any way you can. And remember to do the same thing with us as well at MSOG Rocks and the Corporate Gresham Podcast Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, MSOG Rocks, MSOG Rocks on YouTube, where the Corporate Gresham Podcast videos live. You can also, again, check out the Corporate Gresham Podcast, Five Out Podcast, iHeartRadio, and hopefully Amazon Podcast as well. By the time this comes out, that's what I'm hoping for. And remember, I want to thank Phoenix Fitness for sponsoring this podcast. Remember, 15% off at fnxfit.com using code MSOTD. This was probably one of my favorite episodes once again. And I know I keep saying that, but it's because all these episodes are so insightful, so incredible, that it just constantly gives me this renewed sense of life passionately every single time I do this. I mean, my passion is literally like on this is a whole other level right now. I can't stop it. I'm not stopping it. And you shouldn't either. So let's keep rolling along with this. And on that note, that's going to be for me today, guys. Thank you for watching and listening to the Chord Progression Podcast. Brought to MSOT Rocks, Rock and Metal Thrive. My name is Kevin. And you guys know how I end every single one of these episodes. With a big, healthy, and hearty. See ya. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah.